The Pat Kenny Show. With the Jaguar E-Pace. Beautiful by design and dynamic to drive. Delivering performance that is unmistakably Jaguar. This is News Talk. Well, now it's uh, humid, it's warm. So what is this best uh, planting time for? Well, Porik Horkin, horticulturalist, member of the Horkin Garden Centre family, is on the line. Uh, Porik, good morning. Good morning, Pat, from a humid Castlebar, County Mayo. So what should we be planting at this stage? Well, soil conditions are absolutely perfect at the moment, Pat. That that level of moisture we have with the heat, you can plant anything in your garden now, but it's particularly suitable for sowing the seeds of plants. So things like lupins and delphiniums and foxgloves can all be sown from seed at this time of year. It's also excellent weather for putting in new lawns. So for anybody thinking about putting in a new lawn or repairing a, an existing area of lawn, We've got the ideal conditions. Seed will germinate within a fortnight at this time of year and you'll have an excellent lawn before we go into autumn. Wildflowers as well, Pat, this is an excellent time to sow wildflowers in your garden. And the planting of trees and shrubs, it's, it's absolutely perfect. There's nothing that you cannot plant really at this time of year. So the sowing of vegetable herb seeds and the planting out of vegetable and fruiting plants can occur over the next couple of weeks. Now, uh, some of the questions coming in. Should I feed my lawn again? It's going a little yellow after the recent rain. And what would be the best food to use? Well, use a slow-release slow fertiliser. Something like the Osmo Pro 1 is excellent, Pat, or any of the traditional lawn fertilisers. So it's an excellent time when we get this humid, damp weather. If you give your lawn a feed, it'll green it up without making it grow. And something like the Osmo feeds your lawn for up to three months. So it's designed to release nutrition slowly. You get a lovely greening effect without excessive growth. So it doesn't mean any extra mowing, but it encourages a nice colour to the lawn and builds a bit of strength before we get into the autumn period. The other tip, Pat, would be to put on some zero at this time of year. Again, with the damp weather, we're seeing a little bit of moss creeping back into lawns. So apply that at this time of year as well. Next one, I have a large sloping bank that I'd like to plant up. What plants would be good for here? Uh, It's got good soil and lots of sun. Oh, that's perfect. Well, some of the flowering plants. So generally when you're planting up banks and slopes, you're looking to cut out the soil, try to eliminate the need for weeding. And my advice is to plant in drifts. So plant kind of five or maybe seven of the same variety of plants so that they fill in together and they cover the soil and make it maintenance free. Winter flowering heathers would be lovely, Pat. Some of the ground covering conifers would be nice and the ground covering junipers. Flowering plants like parahebe is lovely. It's in flower at the moment with its beautiful white flowers. It's evergreen. Flower carpet roses do very well and they come in a whole range of different colours. You could do the whole bank with flower carpet roses in five different colours. Again, plant them in sevens and nines possibly to fill in together and they flower from June right through until November. So pop into your local garden centre, look for some ground covering plants those that will cascade across the ground, put them in groups of five, sevens or nines, depending on the area, and try to pick plants that will flower at different times of year. And then in the autumn, underplant the bank with some spring flowering bulbs. Any solution to treat black ants on my decking and patio area from Tom and Galway? Well, remember, Tom, that the ants don't do any damage really in the garden. They're actually a a gardener's friend, if anything. But if you must get rid of them, you can use proprietary treatments like Ant Stop, 
which is a baiting unit that you leave close to the, the nest, find out where they're nesting, leave it close uh, beside them, and it will help to, to control them. But remember, they don't do a lot of harm in the garden. They can be destructive under patios, maybe in sandy areas, but apart from that, they don't do any damage. Um, gardening is a fashion victim. I lost a beautiful painter palette, six foot high shrub, went to purchase a replacement for my garden. It's a prime position in my garden, but they only sell a ground hugging version of this and I cannot replace something that was very fashionable 10 years ago. How do I get what I really want from the suppliers, from Column? Well, and well, Column, I, th- I think that Col- there's two varieties of painter's palette, Pat. One is an indoor plant, one is an outdoor plant. So the outdoor one is called Persicaria, and it only grows to two feet in height. So I think Column may be thinking of something like the variegated poplar, which was very fashionable 10 years ago and went out of popularity or not as fashionable at the moment. But if you lo- ask in your local garden centre for the variegated poplar, it's relatively easy to get. And I think that's the plant that Column is looking for. It's got lovely okay. variegated leaves. And next one, my garden is overrun with slugs and snails and they've eaten all the leaves on newly planted flowers. What is the most humane way of dealing with them? Well, you've got a couple of choices here, Pat. Slugs and snails are nocturnal. You can go out at night time, put a little bit, little bit of salt on them and that'll get rid of them. Or you can dispose of them elsewhere. Alternatively, you can some, use some of the proprietary organic pellets like Areza, which is very, or Neerdorf, do organic pellets now, Pat. They're blue, like a traditional slug pellet, but they're based on iron and phosphorus and they're very safe for children, pets, and, and insects in the garden, apart from the slugs and snails. And again, when you get this humid weather, Pat, slugs and snails are very active. So do put a little bit of control down. Now, this one from Matt in Portran. I've been growing potatoes this year in bags. They get very leggy with the stems growing about a metre long. This means a small crop. I plant them in a mixture of one to three farmyard manure to multi-purpose compost. I'm attempting to grow Christmas potatoes now. Should I exclude the manure to improve the yield? Yes. So so this is the time of year that we plant Christmas potatoes in pots and containers. And I always plant them in multi-purpose compost on its own. Now, I do liquid feed with a tomato feed during the growing season in August and September to build them up. And remember when pots or when potatoes are in pots, they need plenty of water, plenty of moisture, particularly when they're actively growing later on in August and September. So if Matt just uses the ordinary multipurpose compost and uses the tomato feed, his yield will be higher and the potatoes will, will be all the better. Enkyo says, our broccoli was flourishing, almost ready to eat. We had mired it on Saturday. To our dismay on Sunday, it had been eaten by critters. We never sprayed it with anything, didn't have this problem before. What do you think could have happened? What should we do? Well, broccoli is in the brassica family, Pat, and, it, and it's favoured by caterpillars, by slugs and snails. You can also get cabbage root fly damage on them as well. So if the foliage was eaten, it's more likely to be caterpillars. And they can destroy the leaves within a, a couple of days. Now, the florets of the broccoli will still be edible. You can harvest those. And if you liquid feed them and, and keep an eye on them, you can use a proprietary treatment like something like Bug Clear, which is an organic spray that can be used on broccoli. That will control any caterpillars visiting the plants. So you do need to keep an eye out for particularly caterpillars, slugs and snails at this time of year on all brassic plants, not just broccoli. 
Anne in Glasnevin says, I've given up on the wildflowers ever blooming. All I got was grass, grass and more grass. However, will oh. you ask Porrick about agapanthus springing up all over the place? I have a nice few in pots, but I didn't think they would spread everywhere, even the edges of paths. Well, and the, the agapanthus, it's a South African plant and it's coming into flower at the moment. It's actually in flower at the moment. And it does brilliantly in pots because it likes to be confined. It likes to be kept in a, in a tight area with its roots uh, constricted so that it flowers that so much better. But out in the garden soil, it will spread by underground stems and, and it's just a habit of the plant. Uh, so it can be difficult to control it. It will spread out in borders and beds. Um, so you just need to dig it out really to control it. In terms of the wildflowers, Pat, here's a really simple seed to sow. It's a plant called Phacelia, produces beautiful blue flowers within eight weeks of sowing. So if Anne wanted a really easy plant to grow for wildflower to attract the, the butterflies, bees, try Phacelia. It's available now. Sow it. It'll be flowering in eight weeks. All right, Porik, there we have to leave it. Thank you very much. So many questions coming in. We'll deal with more. 